Father, we thank you. We honor your name. We glorify thee this very hour, Lord. Thank you for this beautiful day that you have given to us in which we come at your feet to be blessed. I want to thank you for every soul that is waiting upon you this afternoon, Lord, to receive manna from above. Father, may it be so unto them, O God. It is not of our own effort, God. It is not of our own experience, Lord. It is not of our own speech, Lord, but it's as you have purpose to speak to us this day. We invite you, Holy Spirit, take charge, take over, take control of everything in this hall. Father, we thank you for all the equipment that we are using. We commit it into the hands of God. Father, we pray for those back at home. Lord, let this not be a distance long to deny them of your blessing. Father, we invite you to visit them in their rooms, in their homes, wherever they are listening to you this afternoon. We give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. May we sit down. Praise the Lord. It is beautiful to look at people's faces as we share the word of God. It gives you the true feeling of brotherhood. It has taken quite a bit for us to be together. However, it still feels empty in this place, knowing what we have been as a congregation. It feels like so many people have left. I know they are back at home, but I just have the feeling that uh, God has got good things for us in the coming days. Praise the Lord. Just in case I'll forget, uh, the Friday school, the Friday school, will be on leave starting from next week until we'll resume on the 13th. We will resume on the 13th of August. So please make sure that you are with your children during the main service. Those who have young children, uh, I think you will need to take some measures, probably minister to them a few minutes before the main service. Praise the Lord. You're not happy? <laughs> we are just giving you an opportunity to be with your children, so don't worry. If somebody took them away, you will complain. Now we are giving them back to you. Praise the Lord. So we hope all of us are going to have fun with our children as we share the word of God with them. Hallelujah. Uh, we have got a few minutes. But it's not the time that really matters. Somebody once said, if you walk in the church and you have an expectant heart, it may not necessarily be the, uh, the message that is going to bless you. How many agree with me on that? You may walk right at that door and the way the usher will treat you will be a blessing. It will heal your wounds and you'll go home blessed. Praise the Lord. So, ushering team, please, be careful. You are a minister all the time as people come to the church. You are speaking the word of God to them. When you press the sanitizer, it can, it can be just a point of contact to somebody's healing. Praise the Lord. Pray for those sanitizers as you offer them to people. It can be a point of contact. I'm serious. 
I'm not just talking for the sake of. What's the difference between a sanitizer and the hand being held on, upon you? God can use anything. Praise the Lord. So let us have this day as a very special day that God wants to minister to us. This afternoon, I know the time is going is uh, limited, but we will try to use whatever time we have. And that is the message I'm sending forward to you. Let us be expectant. It may be one single word that may be mentioned, and that word will come to heal your soul. It will come to uplift you. Praise the Lord. Just trust that God wants to speak to you this afternoon. And if after the end of this message you don't feel blessed, still have an expectant heart as you drop your offering there and as you shake and not shake. As you wave at somebody as you go, God can still bless you. Hallelujah. Yeah, I want us to share on the subject of at his feet, at his feet, at his feet. It was interesting when pastor started reading Psalms 84. And I was wondering, where is the pastor going to now? Because if he finishes what I want to speak about, I'll have nothing to speak. Praise the Lord. So I was praying that God, let him finish there now. So that I can have something to speak to these people. Because it was very closely linked to what we are going to share today. So in case you missed, it was Psalms 84 that pastor opened the service with this uh, today, and uh, he said, How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts? Uh, my soul longeth, yeah, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. What is that message speaking to us about? Just telling us this is somebody who is keen to be in the presence of the living. God. Praise the Lord. He's longing to be in the presence of the living God. That is what our message is all about. So we'll turn to the book of Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10 is something that we all are familiar with and we will try to meditate over those words and reflect over them as we go along. Luke chapter 10 verse 38 The Bible says, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. I want you to underline the words, where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Then verse 39, it says, Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. The entire verse. 39, take note of it. And verse 40 says, But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. Underline that. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. That is 
you need to take note of where it starts. Jesus said, Lord, Lord, doesn't it seem? Those are words I want you to take note of until the end of the verse. And then verse 41, but the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. That's another point to underline. In 42, there is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Now, I want to quote some authority from the Bible also before I start saying what I want to say. So I will take you to, to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. This is my first point to cite. John chapter 4, verse 27. And it says, And upon this came the disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seeketh thou? Or why talkest thou with her? Another verse that we need to cite is verse 9, and it says, Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, asketh, a drink, asketh drink of me, which I am a woman of Samaria? I'll just stop there. Father, we thank you for your word. Bless it as we share. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, there are issues of concern here. One, the barriers that are kind of being erected in these two instances, there are issues of concern that we need to point out. I know we are familiar with those verses. It's not something very new. First, there's the issue of a woman inviting a male I want you to look at Jesus as a male being invited into a home. <clears throat> so it looks strange because, first of all, somebody said, according to the Jewish traditions and according to the way the layout was of the tabernacle, it was the outer court, a place for the Gentiles. Then after that, the women would come in and then the men would be in the front, it was progressive that way. So, in essence, it was kind of indicating the hierarchy in the position in the society. So, in essence, it defined the position of a woman. It defined the position of a woman. I know I'm running in the risk of those of us who are more modern rising up and saying, no, we must just be one. But I'm just Painting a picture of what it used to be, not what it is now. What it used to be. Praise the Lord. And so, from that arrangement, it is said, this one I don't have any authority on it, it is said that Jews, those, those zealots, when they, have, they had prayed, they would say, God, I thank you that you did not create me an animal, neither did you create me as a woman, no, no, neither did you create me as a Gentile nor as a woman. I thank you that you created me as a man. So you can see the kind of language. I don't have authority on that, but somebody said that, and I just wanted to bring the point that I'm saying. I'm trying to pass across. 
in essence, there was a clear distinction between a woman and a man. And it had to be defined very clearly. But at this particular point, there's something that is happening. Jesus' presence in this place is turning things upside down and for our good. Jesus Christ walks into the home of Martha. The Bible says it was the home of Martha. So that's another question. Were Jewish women, if they were not widows, supposed to own property? Was it common? That's another area to explore or examine. Probably it was not a general occurrence, but Martha had property. So there were some, some questions on the things that were happening on this particular, at this particular point, that things were not looking the same. But all the same, Jesus Christ comes and visits this home. Another thing that turns out in this, and that's where I best the title of my message, is that there is this woman again in the presence of Jesus Christ who decides that it's not just enough to invite Christ into their home, neither is it just enough to sit back there and listen, but she decides to take an extra step and comes to sit at his feet. Praise the Lord. Mary decides to take an extra step to break the traditions to change things upside down and comes to sit at the feet of Jesus Christ. Now, there are two women here. One of them is Martha. Martha stops at just the point of inviting Christ into the home, and then she says, okay, it's enough that I've invited you into the home. But the next thing, I'll go back to my traditional position in the home. So what all she's doing is preparing dinner for the people, the guests, ministering to them. I wish I was there at that time. It must have been a busy day for Martha. And she expected praise. She expected maybe to be uh, appreciated for what she was doing. But instead, it appears at the hall, as the things develop, the concentration of Jesus Christ is not in the kitchen where she is. Jesus is not saying she's doing bad. Neither is he saying, well done, Martha, but he continues teaching, and specifically, there is this particular lady, Mary, who has chosen this position where she wants to listen to Christ. Is it true that Mary did not realize the guest will need to eat? No, she knew. Is it true that Mary was too lazy? So she was using listening to the word of God as an excuse of avoiding work in the kitchen? I don't think so. But there was something that struck her that made her kind of forget all these other things and concentrate to listening to the word of God. Listening to the word of God. And the Bible is specific. She was at the feet of Jesus. At the feet of Jesus listening to the word of God. That is what I want us to meditate over today. Just before I proceed, I'll give you a story, a very brief one, and I'm glad my wife is not here with us. Praise the Lord. But after I've told you what I'm going to say, I don't know the welcome I'll receive at home. But I have my own way of testing to see whether things are right in the house. 
So I'll call the child at the gate and ask, how is the house? <laughs> and if they smile, I'll go in comfortably. But if I find the child hesitating to tell me what is there, I can go to Lulu and hang there for the rest of the day. I love you. I hope she's watching. Women like to be praised, especially when they're prepared meals. True or false? Shout, ladies, so that they will praise you. True or false? True. Yes. So, brethren, you are excellent men. When you go home, try to praise your women. Praise the Lord. Even if the salt has taken a tangent that you don't like, <laughs> find a way of appreciating that food. Praise the Lord. But make sure that she also knows it has taken a tangent. Because if you just say, it's wonderful, she may add more salt. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And then you will be suffering quietly wherever you are. So this is where my wife comes in. And she's smart because uh, if she feels the paper is a bit on the other side that I, I'm not very comfortable with, she brings a very big container of water on the table just in case to take care of that. So last week, yeah, I think it was this week, she went to revisit some foods that we, I used to eat when I was young. I don't know how she knew about it, but she prepared that food. And then she was smart. She did not, she did not tell me she's preparing. Neither did she ask whether I like it or not. She served. I started eating after I had cleared the plate because I have to clear to show that I appreciate to safeguard the next meal. Praise the Lord. So after I had cleared the plate, she asked, how do you feel about this type of food? Uh, now I said, this one is a tough one. If I say I don't like and I've cleared the plate, she said, but your plate is empty. <laughs> and also if I say I didn't like it, the next meal may not be guaranteed. So I had to play smart and safeguard my future and my present. I said, it's fine. But then I also took the chance, I said, but Carol, why did you wait for me to finish this food first before you asked me whether I like it or not? It's already in my stomach, there's no alternative. And she laughed, she said, here in this house, there's no alternative. <laughs> I said, okay, you win, I don't want to go in that debate again. All I know is that once you say her food is good, she will cook it again and again. Praise the Lord. She wants to present it again to us. So I'm also careful. That's why I'm saying when the salt takes a tangent, I have my way of saying it was good, but you need to check on this one. Okay? So that it, I'm not served more of that salt than the food. So women like being praised and being told what they have done is good. So Martha was in the kitchen waiting, expecting somebody just to come and say, well done. You are doing a fantastic job. And nobody was saying it. And the Lord continued to teach and to teach and to teach. And Mary continued to pay more attention and attention and attention. And mother said, ah, this is too much. Even if he is a guest, I have to ask him. Don't you care that Mary is not helping me in what I'm doing? And that's where Christ comes and says, she has chosen a good thing. Praise the Lord. At the feet of Jesus... There are many expectations for as many people 
us come with an expectant heart. I don't know what Mary was expecting at that time, but she chose to be at the feet. One thing she wanted to break loose from is the taboos, the traditions, the things that people love doing so much. So apart from welcoming Jesus, she chose again to sit close at his feet. I'm sure most Jewish men in that place were uncomfortable, but that meant something unique for Mary. And Jesus Christ realized this lady, there is a desire in her heart to be closer to me, to be closer to what I have to offer. My question today is, all of us are born again, but are you ready to take the extra step to be closer to God, to invite his presence more close to you, to have a more intimate relationship with God than you have ever had before? Is it enough for you that you call yourself a born-again Christian and that you come to worship and do all these things that we do as Christians in Oman? Is it enough for you? Or do you like to take an extra step and go beyond the boundaries, the barriers that have been erected by people, by systems? It is possible, like Martha, Many of us pay attention to the Friday service. We are very faithful. It is possible to many of us, like Martha, we are so faithful to our tradition of coming on Thursdays for prayer meetings. It is possible, like many, like Martha, for many of us to involve ourselves with the work in the church. It's good. It's wonderful. Nobody's complaining about it. But there is something extra that you and I need to seek in the presence of God. It can only be found if we choose to be at the feet of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. No matter what people say out there, no matter what the perception that has been built over the years lies out there, it is important for you and me to decide that it is time for us to take an extra, an extra step and come close to what God has prepared for us. So, what has Mary chosen by sitting at the presence, at the feet of Jesus Christ? What has Mary chosen? Psalms 37, 4. Psalms 37, 4. Take, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desire. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desire. When you take delight in somebody, you want to be close to that person. Praise the Lord. When you take delight in the Lord, in the light of what we have seen, Mary took delight in the Lord. Martha took delight in serving, in offering, whatever services there would be. She was not doing anything wrong. But the truth of the matter is, for an extra step, the extra step that you need in your faith, you need to determine in your heart, I want to be at the feet of Jesus. I want to show my delight to God. Praise the Lord. That is why I was referring to Psalms 84 that Pastor read, because it has got that message, being in the presence of God. Praise the Lord. Being in the presence of God. 
is like being at the feet of Jesus Christ. Psalms 111 verse 2, Psalms 111 verse 2, it says, How amazing are the deeds of the Lord. All who delight in him should ponder them. How amazing are the deeds of the Lord. All who delight in him should ponder them. You can see, the Bible is telling us that clear message. The things that God has to offer, the deeds that he has to offer unto you are amazing. But one condition, delight in him. Be at his feet. Praise the Lord. Show your commitment by being closer to God. Now, I want to say something here that is going to change everything about those verses. Whenever we have read that verse, we have seen there's been a clear distinction. We tend to say Mary was doing the right thing and Martha was doing the wrong thing. No. Remember when Jesus Christ had prayed for the mother of Peter, what happened? When she got healed, the Bible says she started ministering to them. That's the same thing that Martha was doing, ministering to those who were present. Praise the Lord. So she was, what she was doing was perfect. What she was doing was perfect. The only thing that we need to bear in mind is this. One person decided to go for the spiritual aspect of it, to dig deeper into the spiritual aspect of relationship with Christ. The other lady concentrated on the service aspect. Praise the Lord. Are you getting me? Are you getting me? Yeah. What I'm saying is, and what I believe I've got from this verse, is that Christ was just trying to emphasize one thing. Martha, you do well in serving us. Mary, you've done very well in choosing first to listen to the word of God. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Praise the Lord. Does it mean abandon every other thing, just seek the kingdom of God? It says, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first. So it means there is a second thing you can seek for. There's a third thing you can seek for. Praise the Lord. Hey, some people are looking at me. Am I changing the scripture? Am I turning it upside down? <laughs> Tell me, because this is not a place to joke. If I'm saying something, just signal the pastor there, and I know how I'll get my signal. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. So there is a second seeking, but it is premised on the fact that you have already been seeking the first thing, which is the kingdom of God. Righteousness, holiness, and purity. And that is what Mary beforehand, she decided to do that. Praise the Lord. She decided to seek for the things of the kingdom deeply by sitting at the feet of Jesus Christ. And then she was doing very well. Martha was also doing well, but she had decided to start with the service. Now, there are many things that we do in the church that end up distracting us. And I'll just quickly go through them. One, Work-related issues can distract us. Work-related issues can distract us from the presence of God. We are too busy. We pay a, a, a lot of attention to work-related issues at the expense of spending time with God. And that can be a tragic thing. And I'll, I'll just demonstrate in a short while. Uh, you know, when people are in the court, 
they always say, what is the authority you are citing? So we will go to the authority, which is the scripture, and demonstrate that sometimes service is good, but it can be disastrous if the spiritual element has not been paid attention to. Number two, family-related issues. Some of us, we prayed, and God blessed us with children. We have a family. We have a wife. And those people, we love them. We want to see them. But sometimes we pay so much attention to them until God is told, the Lord is told, just give us a few minutes, a few days. I want to be with my wife for a few days. I want to be with my children for a few days. And then I will come to pay attention to you. And that can be a distracting element in our lives. Let us pay attention. Let us be like Mary. Let us do the good thing. And then we will come to build up with the others. We seek first that which is close to God, being at his feet all the time. Our career, career-related things. Today, the world is full of competition. We are racing to build our careers. And sometimes it can be a distraction in our lives. It's not bad. It's a good thing to develop career-wise. But it's important for you to seek first the things of the kingdom. Be at the feet of Jesus Christ. Spend more time there. It will be more blessed. Financial related issues. Too much pressures can build up because of financial constraints in our lives. And sometimes we pay so much attention to. I'll give a testimony of myself. You know, one day we were in a prayer session. And I was so bothered with some issues that were, I was facing. We were praying, but my mind, I, I'm, I'm confessing today, my mind was very far. The prayers were just coming out of the mouth, but my mind was so troubled. And then the word of knowledge came through one brother in that meeting. Do you know, you know for me, when God, when God rebukes me, I really love it because I know, oh, so I'm still valued in this kingdom. Praise the Lord. Eh. You know, if, 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 you don't, if you are never rebuked by God, you don't know whether you are there or you are very far away. He cannot reach you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The Bible says, uh, a child, of the, if you are a genuine, legitimate child, you will be punished. You will be scolded. Okay? But if you are an, a, a bastard, then there's, nobody bothers about you. You can go wherever you want to go. I'm just paraphrasing. I think it's somewhere... In, in one of the Paul's letters, something about an illegitimate child and such things. So I want just to say this. It is important for us to get that clear. We can be Martha. We are doing the right thing. But then we are not getting the quality thing that we need to get in this relationship. Nobody's going to tell us we are doing the wrong. I mean, we are falling short, but we may be doing what what may not really be benefiting us to the optimum? We need to optimize our relationship with God. Praise the Lord. The fifth thing is church activities. Church activities. Many of us involve ourselves with a lot of activities in the church, and that's good. We do well. It is wonderful. But it is important to realize we run the risk of matter complaining that the others are not doing as much as we are doing because we have not set our sight on the things that edify the inner man, but we have set our sights on the things that can be seen, 
things that can be appreciated by people out there, but the inner man is not being built up. Praise the Lord. It's not being built up to the level that we ought to be. And the human heart has got, and I mean, you can never restrict its, its level of accommodating the things that are spiritual. You can get as much as you want. Praise the Lord. There's no constipation in being blessed. Is there anybody who suffers from being blessed so much? Eh? Is there anybody that when you go to your place of work, the boss says now you are promoted today, and then you say this is enough. Tomorrow don't tell me about promotion. Because if they promote you today, tomorrow they come and say, ah, you've done well. Again, we are promoting you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So we never, we never say we are suffering from enough blessing. So the spiritual man can be edified to whatever extent. Quickly, I want us to turn to the book of Exodus 25. I know our time is running fast. I'll, I'll make it short, brief. Exodus 25:15. The Bible says, cast four gold rings and attach them to its four feet. Two rings on each side. This is talking about the ark of the Lord. Talking about the ark of the Lord. God is giving instructions on how the ark should be handled. Make poles from acacia wood and overlay them with gold. Insert the poles into the rings at the sides of the ark to carry it. These carrying poles must stay inside the rings. Never remove them. And actually, never touch the ark. So, the ark was only to be carried with those poles. But then when we come to First Chronicles, First Chronicles chapter 13, verse 10, we see an overzealous Christian who wants to see the things of God move in the right direction, but is not seeking the right instructions from God. It's not seeking. It's not, I want to link an, uh, like an Uza to a Christian who's not sitting at the feet of Christ. Because if you're not sitting very close, you don't get to know the insights of the things of God. You get to know the general issues of, of, of God. But you don't get the insight of what he really wants you to be. And Uzzah would be like that person. He knew, yes, there were the poles on the ark they were supposed to be used. But on this occasion, because he has not been reviving his spirit in terms of relationship with the ark. He does something out of zeal, but it leads to his death. It says, but when they arrived at the threshing floor of Nakon, the oxen stumbled and Uzzah reached out his hand to steady the ark. Is he doing wrong? The ark should not fall down. That's what he doesn't want. This is the ark of the Lord. But because he has not been close in the presence of God to know what God exactly wants him to do, remind himself the instructions of God. He only knows the generals that this should be protected. So he ends up acting in an unacceptable way. He stretches his hand and he touches the ark. Then the Lord's anger was aroused against Uzzah and he struck him dead because he had laid his hand on the ark. So Uzzah died there in the presence of God. So in all this, what are we saying? 
These things are good, but are we getting the right order? What God was saying, what Jesus was telling Mary, get the right order of doing, I mean Martha, get the right order of doing things. Sit fast at my feet. I will teach you on how to relate to me. I will teach you on how to serve me well. And after you have understood my teachings, I don't mind what else you do because it will be under the instruction of what you've learned at my feet. Church, I welcome you to this experience that we want to start seeking to be closer to God. We don't want to do things and then just realize that we did them out of the bounds of God. Isaiah 29, 13 says, And so the Lord says, These people say they are mine. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And their worship of me is nothing but man-made rules, learned by rote. 14, uh, Matthew 15, 8. Matthew 15, 8. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So what is the Bible telling us so far? As we come to a close, it's just telling us simple things that we need to lay our, to set our order of relating to God right. We need to be close to him, sit at his feet, learn of him, and he will direct our ways. Praise the Lord. Then we will get the perfect will of God. In Romans 12, we, we talk about that. Okay? Being at the feet of Jesus, I read this, I'll not explain so much. What does it involve in sitting at his feet? One, it requires submission from us. It requires submission from us. It requires submission from us. You can read Romans 1, 1 and onwards. Two, demands straightening out something. Colossians 3, 2 to 5. It will demand of you to be straightened in some places. It may not be a very sweet experience, but it is worth it. It will affirm your position. Provides you with stability. Number four, we, be, we become a sacrifice. And that is from Romans 1, 1. Three things we pick from there. Living and holy sacrifice. Behavior and custom change. And then there is transformation into new person. That is what it entails being in the presence of God. There's a behavior change, there's transformation that takes place. Number seven, a place where goodness and mercy will follow you, Psalms 23. Isaiah 26, three, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. That is what God is saying. And finally, it is a place of authority. It is a place above all principalities where all cares and anxieties are rolled away, where enemies come in one way but live in seven ways, where when floods come, the standard is raised for us to sail over them, where when darkness clouds gather and suddenly light bursts through them. Praise the Lord. I pray that may God bless you so much as we welcome Pastor to close up.